This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Our favorite thing to do on a Thursday, catching up with our good friend of the show, of course, Mr. Brian Bacco of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And Motsi, I mean, no, day, no days off for this guy. He's on vacation right now joining us. What's up, Mr. Bacco? How we doing? I'm lovely. I'm at a, a winery here in northern Virginia before we set sail for Virginia Beach. And, yeah, no better way to spend this time than chop it up with you guys a little bit. Man, man. Heading, man. heading to the Arthur Motes homeland, baby. Listen, just hearing you say Virginia Beach brought a smile to my face. So, baby, baby, baby. Yes, it Seven, five, seven. Love it, love it. Seven, five, seven. All right, well then, Mr. Bacco, we will not keep you here. Let's get right into it and let you get back to your wine and vacation. Um, (laughs) After we chatted last Thursday, just about an hour after we got off the phone with each other, uh, the news coming down, David DeCastro released by the Steelers after nine years. I mean, buddy, this this obviously a, a lot of questions, a, a just a lot for the team this year, for David DeCastro himself personally. Uh, but that's where I'll start is, is in terms of the team this year, right? It, it really felt like a lot of the optimism around the Steelers' offensive line this season was centered around um, the idea that, that, that he could return to form, back to that all-pro form that we had seen through his first eight seasons before last year. Now all of a sudden, man, four of your five guys gone on the offensive line, both Pouncey and DeCastro in the same offseason, uh, along with a new offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach. It is, it's another adding to just a lot of moving parts uh, for, for the trenches on the offensive side of the football for the Steelers. Yeah, no doubt. And, of course, you know, the most surprising thing about the DeCastro move was, was probably the timing. I mean, I, I can remember us three – you know, just kind of talking through the off season and the early stages of it back in January or whenever that was. And I think I threw his name out there as a guy who you could save some money if you wanted to get younger, get a little cheaper. And yet, you know, it's it's mid to late June. Guys aren't getting cut around the league, let alone nine time pro uh nine ninth year vets, five you know, three time all pro. So it, it was it was strange. I was certainly not expecting to deal with that news after hanging up with you guys <laughs> last week. But, uh, yeah, it, it sets the stage for uh, even more change across the landscape of, of this O-line. And, you know, the Steelers are taking a leap of faith at, at pretty much every position there now, no matter how you slice it, whether it's a, a left tackle playing that position full-time for the first time, a right tackle who's really never done it and got hurt last year, uh, a right guard who was, was just you know put out on the street, a left guard who's only in his second year and has never been a full-time starter, and you know we don't even have to get into the center position. I think everybody knows uh, all, all the uh, the new faces there. So, Mr. Batco, how do you feel about the Steelers' approach of taking this leap of faith? Do you think that is the correct approach, or do you think that they should look to you know make more aggressive moves to improve this offensive line situation? I don't think there's much you can do this late in the game outside of spending money you don't have or trading away future assets. Uh, They're they're kind of painted into a corner here a little bit, partially by their own doing, partially by unfortunate circumstances, like a a bad ankle for the the most proven player on that unit. So um, I I don't know how you can feel great about it, Moats, but at this point, uh, you you got to trust in, in the process that got you here, the evaluations of, of all of these guys, whether it's the, the rookies or the, the you know veteran types that you're bringing in, like a Trey Turner. So 
So it's going to be interesting. Uh, fans are going to need their they're going to need their program to identify the numbers fifty through seventy nine <laughs> when they look down there in front of Ben. Without a doubt, it's our buddy Brian Backo with us here on the Steelers Blitz. It, it is. It's just it. A lot of it was already kind of the focal point of the off season, the offense, particularly the offensive line. Now you just add another layer to that. Uh, certainly, uh, even more to keep an eye on here as we get ready for training camp in a few weeks. Trey Turner, though, uh, as DeCastro exits stage right. Trey Turner now into the fold, Mr. Backo. Um, and maybe the optimism just kind of switches there, right? Instead of being optimistic and hopeful that David DeCastro can round back into form, now we got to hope the same for a guy that's still relatively young, just turned 28 this summer, had a lot of success his first few years in the league, and has now been dealing with some injuries. Um, it, clearly that feels like something the Steelers are banking upon as well, getting the Trey Turner revolt. Yeah, no doubt. You're, you're right. I mean, he's going into his eighth year, but I think this guy was a 20-year-old rookie, kind of like Juju was back in the day. So he, he's played a lot of ball. He's played a lot of good ball, uh, but then he's, he's also kind of one of those those dudes that you wonder, after you get four years, $45 million, do you almost you know, do you pack it in a little bit? Are you as hungry as you were coming out of LSU as a third-round pick? Uh, so this could be something that leads into the second stanza of, of his NFL career, or it could be further, further evidence that maybe he just doesn't have it anymore. So obviously the Steelers feel pretty good about him and of course the question everybody's asking is you know, will he be an upgrade over David DeCastro if everything we seem to know uh, about 66 is, is correct that that ankle is just not cooperating that anybody would, would be an upgrade over a guy with playing on one leg right so uh, if, if Trey Turner is, is good to go can get back to that yeah, he doesn't even necessarily have to get back to uh, Pro Bowl form necessarily the way he was in Carolina all those years, he just needs to be better than he was last season with the Chargers when you know, they struggled to protect Justin Herbert. They, they couldn't run the ball much better than the Steelers could. Now you're taking a guy off of that line, putting him on yours. Uh, it may, maybe it was just the best option available to them at the time, uh, but at least it's one guy with pedigree when the, the other four most likely aren't going to have a whole lot of it. So with us you know, talking about Trey Turner's addition and what he brings and hopefully him would him being an upgrade of what we saw from DeCastro last year. What are your expectations for this unit going into this next season? I really don't know what to expect. I mean, how can you? These guys haven't played uh, much individually, let alone together. Uh, it's it's going to be, I guess, the one like silver lining, if you want to call it that, or you know, hope that you can hold out is this Steelers front office, you know, Kevin Colbert on down, his, his scouting department. I would say a strength of theirs, fellas, has been finding offensive linemen that are diamonds in the rough a little bit, right? Yeah. Whether it's Alvo Nueva bringing him in as a practice squad guy, developing him, Matt Filer, you know, Bloomsburg kid undrafted, Ramon Foster way back when undrafted. So uh, they've had some success with you know, dudes who were written off by other franchises uh, or other organizations never really believed in them and the Steelers gave them a shot and they turned into starters and in some case pro bowlers so uh, they've done it before but I, I don't know that they've ever done it in mass like this I mean yeah, it, I was this is say, that seems like the big unit, difference to me yeah. yeah this is a whole unit makeover in the course of pretty much one off season as opposed to plugging in a filer here or a, a villain away there so hey uh, it, at least they've got some experience in you know, developing these guys, but when you've got to develop three or, or four all at one yeah. time, I'll just say good luck to, to Large Ben. 
Good luck to Large Ben for sure. Yeah, uh, and to uh, to Matt Canada and, and Adrian Clem as well right. too. It's uh, Brian Backo of the Post Gazette with us here on SNR. Mr. Backo, one of the things that Motsi and I debated a little bit earlier was you know a couple weeks three weeks or so here and change until training camp begins um still time for teams to be making moves we were talking about the afc north and and what we would do if we were each team one final move that we would make uh mozi when we got to the steelers mozi saying uh adding a, a veteran edge rusher i was saying i would lock up i would extend tj watt get that done ahead of training camp what say you i i think in theory we'd like to see a few of these things happen maybe one or two more guys added to the roster uh maybe a contract extension done for a, uh, a defensive player of the year candidate as well too but if you could just pick one thing the steelers do between now and the end of july what say you so they, they might not necessarily do the watt deal in that time frame but i still expect them to get it done before the beginning of the season, which is their usual deadline as, as far as that goes. Uh, I, I can't, I'm kind of in the same boat as the Steelers front offices, I think. I, I want to see these guys and, and figure out what they've got, evaluate them in training camp, and fortunately for them, they've, they've got a preseason now to do that as well. I'm still looking at the secondary, and specifically that slot corner spot as one that, you know, hey, it's, it's, is your incumbent or is your successor – on the roster somewhere, or, or are you going to have to kind of go, uh, I don't want to say dumpster diving, but no, you're checking out the waiver wire. I mean, they've done that <laughs> in past years as well, uh, even last year when they didn't have a preseason, so they, they kind of went back to, to guys they knew, the Sean Davis and Josh Dobbs. So uh, perhaps things like a late camp or even uh, just before week one move that is in the offing. But uh, right now I, I think you know, Sam Pat through the end of July, and once you get in there and actually see what these guys are, are providing or not providing, uh, the move that, that you can make to me uh, that would help you the most is, is probably in the secondary somewhere. Another chess piece, another hmm. puzzle piece to put in there and make you better on the back end. Well, you know, you lost a lot. We know that much. I was say, well, you know, your boy, uh, you know, Wes is uh, Malik Hooker. He's Malik still Hooker. available. He's still out there. Don't you forget Malik Hooker, Richard Sherman, some big names. We got we got options. Newcastle's finest, baby. We got options and we got money. It's the Pittsburgh Post Gazette's <laughs> finest. Brian Backo with us here. All right, Mr. Backo, two quick hitters for you before we let you get back to your wine and your vacation and frolicking in the land of yeah, Arthur Moses. Sanding okay? your toes, all that good stuff. <laughs> two quick hitters for you. All right, today is Canada Day. So oh, Canada. As, aside from Chase Claypool, who's your favorite Canadian? Hmm, uh, that is. That's a tough one. Uh, off the top of my head, ooh, uh, let me think of a Canadian. Is there a Canadian hooper out there that I feel like is, you know, the best of the best? Well, he is a right coach. Now? Steve Nash. He's a coach, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Steve Nash. He's also a South African, though, right? They claim him down Do they? there. So. Huh. Yeah, he's, he's born there, at least. I, I feel like there's Canadian. actually a lot of Canadians. in the. Andrew Wiggins is Canadian. Jamal Murray is Canadian. There's a right. couple they're, Canadians they're in the NBA right over. now. They are. R.J. Barrett's Canadian as well, too. Yeah, isn't Anthony Bennett, yeah. he's a Canadian? Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with Anthony Bennett. Uh, <laughs> my favorite one there. <laughs> or I guess least favorite if you're a Cavs fan, which I kind of, where I was. I was doing that time. Anthony Bennett, it's hard to be a fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then last one for you, Mr. Backo. We were talking about, you know, the name and image likeness thing going into effect today in college sports as well. Uh, Motsi and I gave our answers. If when we were in college, one place that we would have done an endorsement for, you know, in Harrisonburg and in Morgantown. So I ask you, Mr. Backo, uh, what watering hole or food establishment or, or where a place that you frequented often in Oakland would you have liked to have done an endorsement deal for? Mm, 
I guess my favorite spot in Oakland was Hemingway's right there on, Hems. Uh, on Forbes. Yeah, so I was a big Hems guy uh, once I was going out to the bars at Pitt. So, uh, but as far as food, I, I also liked Uncle Sam's subs. So Ooh, probably one of those okay. two. I, I, would, I would get their patch on my Not the O? Okay. He'd do, he do, he do an ad for hymns on his Instagram in, 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 in just a second, baby. It's Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Make sure you're checking out all his work uh, in the PG, giving him love on Twitter, at Brian Backo. Hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade. He does not do cap. Am I missing anything? I feel like you added something new to the bio. Yeah, he did have something you new. got to leave a tender moment alone. Yeah. Uh, well, we will leave a tender moment alone as Mr. Backo is on vacation. <laughs> Buddy, uh, we thank you so much for giving us some of your time here. Now go enjoy the rest of the trip, all right? Please. I will. See you guys. There he is, Brian Backo, live from a winery somewhere in Virginia. Just living his best life. Now, that's the work ethic right there. That's how it's got to be, man. Arthur Motes, in two weeks when I am in Hilton Head, if somebody asks me to do radio, Uh-oh. actually, I probably won't answer him because I'm just going to leave my phone in the bedroom the whole day. I, say, I definitely ain't answer. How about that? But what a guy he is, Brian Backo, taking some time out on a his week off for us. truly jolly good fellow. He is truly. He's a jolly good Don't you going to get me singing again? I know. I can't help it. I'm sorry. He's a jolly good fellow. He's a jolly good fellow. This happens when you got this thing going in July. Listen, <laughs> if uh, you're not lying. Hey, I'm s- if you're a fan of ours, if you support Moats and I and what we do, uh, support Brian Backo. Make sure you're showing him some love as well, too. He's a... Uh, He's a guy who's been with us since the very start, and uh, and he's always out here doing yeoman's work, covering the Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, doing that real reporter thing that we've talked about, Motsi. Yeah, that that journalist that thing. you and I would struggle to do because I we're mean, we're not professional. We are the beacon of professionalism. Yeah, according to our podcast reviews. Yeah, about that, uh, Motsi. What do you say we get some tweets here? Only to, if you want to, to to round us out here. Only if you want to do it. Steelers Nation nine twenty says, um, I think we run Highsmith this season, and then can always grab a free agent uh later on i i think that's as well too um he said i i don't think any of us expected debo's dethronement to happen so fast <laughs> maybe that that was yeah, the, the, the surprising the part of it, of it. Yeah. yeah um but certainly as well too that is now the, the market could thin between now and september more so certainly but you can obviously um still add throughout the season that is something that we've seen done in the past joseph tweets us here and says, since you guys are big time now, you should throw in a bid for Heinz Field naming rights. Call it the Electric Factory on Three Rivers. <laughs> and the megawatts get season tickets and have a cheering section. Hey, now. Listen, I'm down with that under one condition, Arthur. What's Bugs. the condition? The megawatts cheering section has to be like a European soccer cheering. Ooh. Like, they got to stand and sing songs the, the whole time. time. The whole time. Make noise, yes. sing songs. The whole time. Uh, you got to be in the stadium and, and, like a half an hour you, you before the game starts. You got to stay half an hour after the game's over. And you know what else they're going to have to do? What's that? Supplies with Chicky Pete's oh, fries. Oh, baby. I need my crab fries. If we're doing it, y'all got to do it right. You know, I would say let's just call it Chicky and Pete's Field, but it is a Philadelphia-based company, so. Mm. you Leave it to this Philly lover to come in here and try to recommend some Philadelphia Oh, nonsense. would you just settle down? Ay, caramba. Would you just settle down? Ay, caramba. Nobody in this town talks trash on Philly more than me. Now. I do. I did love. I did love my time in Philadelphia. But you, you tried to have your wedding in Philly. Stop be, playing. That's man. false. My wedding was always going to be in Morgantown, <laughs> West Virginia. You know who you're talking to here. Come on, baby. You you were so in love with Philly. You was like, hey, babe, let's get let's let's get married in, in Philadelphia. Now right here, I, Lincoln Field. Now that I've <laughs> it's Lincoln Financial Field. Now that, <laughs> now that I've been on the inside, all right. I got all the dirt. I got all the I got all the I got all the inside info on Philly. They don't want any smoke with me, Mm-mm. baby. Uh, TC says here, interesting uh, point here by TC, saying that he doesn't feel there's any reason to lock up TJ Watt now 
because even if Ben comes back next season, TJ Watt's big cap hits won't be until a few years into his new deal, right? And a franchise quarterback contract will definitely be off the books by then. I, I, I can see that side of it as well, too. TJ need money. But I just I think pay that man. You want to you want to take pay care of yeah. that man. Don't 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 back burner him. Don't for the cap, for the cap. I no, just, we don't want no 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 no. My man has put his time in. He's paid his dues. We've seen the Steelers reward guys yes. like this before. Absolutely. Um and, and that's kind of what they do. And I I would like to see TJ Watt um yes. rewarded for everything Absolutely. That, for everything that he has done. Um, let's see here. Gary tweets us and said, unless Chris Boswell's leg falls into a wood chipper like in Fargo, <laughs> there's no chance Jeez. of him losing his job. I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> Is there a Gary reference in the TV show or the movie Fargo? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good question, man. I've actually been to Fargo, Arthur. Man. Fargo, North Dakota? Oh, gosh. In the middle of February. It was like negative seven degrees outside. I haven't been there, but I've witnessed a butt kicking out there. Hello, Hello. JMU. Hello. JMU. Oh, so Hello. you know, I've told you this story before, but that was the, the Fargo trip that I made with the hockey team mm-hmm. was the, the time that I saw ACDC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. heck yeah. Fargo's about to rock. The awesome song that I just can't enjoy ever. <laughs> story of my life man shout out to football alright Mr. Taylor tweets us what's up cousins hope West all is Scott. well with you and all the listeners out there in Steelers land and you know Mr. Taylor's been giving us a trivia question every day on the show you missed it on Tuesday I did I let me did. see if you would have known the answer his trivia question on okay. Tuesday was when was the first playoff win in Steelers franchise history oh whoa it's a really obvious answer but it gets lost in the shuffle that's my hint for you would it be? Was that what was the first year of Joe Green? Seventy. What year was sixty nine? Was his first year. So then seventy. Seventy was Bradshaw's first year. It was seventy two. Se- oh, it was the immaculate reception, Motsi. No way. That was the first win in playoff history in franchise Are you history. Yep. That was only the second playoff game the Steelers had ever played. They lost to the Eagles. They lost to the Eagles twenty one nothing in the first one, and the immaculate reception. Yes. Wow. Right? I would have never guessed that. Isn't that crazy? I always assumed that that was like during the run, during the glory years, where it was already established. Wow. So so get this. 1933, the Steelers started as a franchise in the NFL. Mm-hmm. From 33 through 71, they played one playoff game. That's crazy. That's it, and they lost to the Eagles 21 rip. That's crazy. The immaculate reception against the Raiders in 1972 was the first playoff win in franchise history. Wowzers. Isn't that crazy? Like, that's the greatest moment. That's the most Seriously, famous man. moment in NFL history. And it was Big the deal. I mean, you talk about breaking on through to the other side, partner. My goodness. So that was Mr. Taylor's question on Tuesday. Let's see what we got here today. Now to the nitty-gritty question five. Troy Polamalu's first career interception was against what team and what quarterback? I know the team. I don't know the quarterback. The team, was, the, team was the Miami Dolphins, Arthur Motes. Hold on, hold on. What year? Oh, man. Because you be could Jay, probably Jay Feely. You could probably no, 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 uh, no. Uh, um, the other one, the other Feely, the, the other Feely, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, AJ. Yeah, it, it should be right. That would have been it. Was it? Was that it? I think that's it. Mr. Taylor, you got to. I'm about to say, please, because like, I feel like that was, it had I to know be Feely. It was against the Dolphins team, and I think you're right. I feel like it was Feely. I think it was AJ Feely. Yes, I think you're right. All right, that's, we're locking that in. I, Final I'm, I'm locking on that. Absolutely. Uh, Miami Dolphins, AJ Feely. Let us know, Mr. Taylor, if we are correct. One, one of them Feelys. <laughs> One of them, one of them Feely guys. Sensei tweets us here, and he's got a little three-question Thursday for us. Number one, what makes a superb grilled cheese? Ooh. Extra cheese. Extra cheese. <laughs> Extra cheese. Thick Italian bread. Thick. 
like Texas toast almost type bread. Yeah. With with two C's thick? Absolutely. In their prime, David DeCastro versus Alan Fanica. Who do you want? I mean, oh my goodness. It's like asking Mozi to what? choose between his children. What? <sighs> I mean, I got to go Fanica because he's Fanica. in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I got to go Fanica, but my goodness. But I'm, I'm very biased towards D- Double D because that was my teammate. Yes. And, and I've seen what he can do. Well, say this, Arthur Motes. In the city of Pittsburgh, all right, if you wear number 66 and you're not Mario Lemieux, you better be pretty dang good. And those two are pretty dang good. But, yeah, I'd give this I'd give this slight edge to Alan Fanica as well, too, because we saw him play tackle and do very well mm-hmm. at the tackle mm-hmm. position, that versatility. Uh, I just want to let you know we were right. I just looked it up. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah! I think we've gotten them all except for one. I think we've only missed one of the trivia questions so far. I was Look just at looking us. it up. I was like, all right, Look all right. There we go. Us. There we go. Throwback gold helmets versus color rush black. Which is better? Throwback gold helmets versus color rush black. I do like those throwback gold helmets. I'm so biased to the color rush. I know you are. I am. And I love so the color. I love the color, the color rush. rush too. I mean, like, how I could you go? Gold, you can't go wrong with that color rush. You can't. You can't. The gold is dope though. So clean. The how gold, about both? Gold is super nice. Hey, can we both? do both? Uh, and then bonus question from Sensei. Best thing on the menu at Taco Bell? The chicken quesadilla. No. Or the Crunch Wrap Supreme? No. The three crunchy tacos. <laughs> what? Three crunchy tacos with the Baja Blast. And let me get that fire or that Diablo sauce. Come on, man. <laughs> I like you. And it's that fresh crunch. So you know what that is? <sighs> you got to get that. I just look for the little dot. Yo quiero Taco Bell. Yo quiero Taco Bell. That's what we say every time I get Taco Yo quiero Taco Bell. Yo quiero Taco Bell. Yo quiero Taco Bell. And he tweets us and says, guys, have a great 4th of July. Thank you, and Yes, everybody uh, yeah, enjoy yeah, yeah. the enjoy the weekend. Absolute, absolutely. And you know what, Arthur Moe? Live it up. Not to jinx it. Party hard. But I'm, I'm looking at the weather report this morning. It looks like we got a nice, nice 80s and sunny in Pittsburgh all weekend, just the okay, way we like okay. it. She says, stupid question time. Come on, Annie. There's never any stupid questions. Mm-hmm. Every player isn't a superstar, so how important are solid journeyman position players? I'm thinking they are a big part of a team's success and often get too much hate. Not enough love. Enough love. Absolutely. 90% of your roster is made up of those type of players. The person you're listening to that doesn't have the great hair was that type of player. (laughs) You don't have to be a superstar to play in this league. No, but you have to be a good player. You have Mm -hmm. to understand your role and how you can be impactful. A lot of us are like that. A lot of us figure out our niche. We figure out what makes us different. How can we be glued to those superstars? We want to be the guys that can bridge your superstar with your not-so-good player, and we're that middle piece right there. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of us like in the NFL, man, but you need those type of guys to win. Absolutely. But you need your superstars as well. But, yes, I do agree with that. They do get overlooked. But in Pittsburgh, y'all do show a lot of love, so I can't hey. even knock y'all for that. Y'all show major love. Yeah, so, you know, solid positional players. Mm-hmm. There's There might not be any Super Bowl without Ryan Clark. There might not be any Super Bowl without Antoine Randall-L. Those guys you, guys you, all you listen to Troy talk about Ryan Clark. Yeah. You listen to Troy talk about RC, and, and that will that that is a clear example. Willie Gay, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like he's not an All Pro, but he is but, a but you solid guys positional like player. That, man. Absolutely, you need guys like and ev- that in every sport too, right? I mean, even Mike Hilton. Think about how how dominant Mike Hilton was here. 
he wasn't a pro bowler. He was never an all pro. Look at the, those those two recent yeah. Penguins runs, right? Uh, the Connor Sherrys mm-hmm. and the Carl Haglins and the Nick Boninos, right? You need those. You, you, you need those guys, 100%. Uh, look at Tam- – that was a big part of Tampa Bay's success last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they had Levante David and Devin White and all these studs that were in some really talented wide receivers, but they also had a lot of linemen who stepped up. They also had a lot of defensive backs who were no-name guys at the start of the postseason who everyone was praising by the end of their run when they were lifting that Lombardi trophy you absolutely need those guys uh don juan says did you guys know today is bobby vanilla day 1.19 million until he's 72 years old they need that man they need to make this a holiday uh it is bobby vanilla day is one of the funniest things and i don't know if you've seen this so the mets have new ownership as of this year steve cohen i believe is the mets new the Mets are now embracing Bobby Manila Day, Mozi, which, which is great. They should. Because He's right, earned it. The only way, the only way that you can make, you know, embarrassing things funny is by leaning into it. Like you and I have talked about this before. I butcher people's first names on the show all the time, but I don't dig my feet in and get defensive about it. I laugh at myself and we make a joke out of it and we keep it moving. Best way to be, man. That's what the Mets have have done here, and and I like it. I do. I you know you got to make jokes about Bobby Manila Day. And uh, but yeah, I tell you what, just an all-time dumb move by the Mets in in the in the late '90s. Let's pay this guy a little over a million dollars for 25 years when you could have just bought him out for five or six million. Yeah, but at the time, man, it, it's hindsight 2020, 20, baby. It I'm glad they made that move. Hindsight 2020 with all those hindsight investments. Hindsight 2020, 20, baby. Hindsight all 20, those 20. investments. Um, let's see here. Ranger Abraham tweets us. Is that new? Oh, buddy, he sounds new. Where's John McClain? He sounds new. Welcome to the party, pal. Ranger Abraham tweets. Uh, you know, that's my first time, like, actually being able to hear the, the, <laughs> the, the, the machine gun. So it sounds like an automatic going off in the background. It's fireworks for the 4th of July. Oh, 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 okay, okay. I mean, it's, there's a lot of automatics going off in the background. Like, you, you, you seen Die Hard? I mean, geez, I, I started to duck over here. I was like, hey, now, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, Ranger Abraham says, I wish I knew you were in Colorado. Would have loved to have you come to North Sterling State Park where I am a state ranger and show you around. Ooh. Ooh, that would have been dope. Next time. Next time, buddy. All right? Next time. Um, let's see here. Last refresh. Mr. Taylor says, yes, you guys are correct. It was against the Dolphins, and A.J. Philly was the quarterback. Yes. Boom. Ah. Mr. Taylor also adds the naked chalupa. Best thing on Taco Bell's ah, menu. Okay, 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 okay. Ooh, very okay. interesting. Mozi. That's going to about do it for today. One last piece of exciting news that I just saw come across the timeline here. Uh Uh-oh. What was it? There was one team in the NFL that was waiting approval for full capacity at home games this season. All the teams had been approved except for one, Arthur Motes. That was the Indianapolis Colts. And they have received approval from the National Football League to be full capacity for home games this season. And Arthur Motes, that means full attendance in the National Football League for all clubs in 2021. How we doing? Does that mean training camp too? Oh, all right, just checking. Oh, you just you just had to, you had to rip sorry. the Band-Aid, pour some salt into I the wound there. Because I just saw somebody else get approved. I'm sorry. Wait, who else got approved? It was another team that just recently got approved, bro. Are you serious? So serious. So serious. But that's neither here nor there, man. We'll deal with that another day. Revenge Tour 2021. <laughs> Revenge Tour 2021. Oh, man. Oh, 
and you know what? We just got a statement from Reggie Bush, too, eight minutes ago. Oh, what did he say? All right, let's read this before we go. Reggie Bush statement uh, after yesterday's Supreme Court ruling eight minutes ago. Over the last few months on multiple occasions, my team and I have reached out to both the NCAA and the Heisman Trust in regards to the reinstatement of my college records and the return of my Heisman Trophy. Mm-hmm. We left multiple messages for the president of the Heisman Trust, Michael Comerford, it looks like his last name mm-hmm. is, but instead received the call from Rob Whalen, the executive director, who stated that Mr. Comerford would not be calling us back and that in any event they could not help us. We reached out to the NCAA on multiple occasions and received no help or got no response at all. It is my strong belief that I won the Heisman Trophy solely due to my hard work and dedication on the football field, and it is also my firm belief that my records should be reinstated. I agree. I concur. I agree. Pay that man. Pay that man. He's Heisman. I second that emotion. <laughs> Motsy, that'll be it for this week. Everybody enjoy the holiday weekend. Thanks to Arthur Motes for rocking and rolling with me today. Thanks to everybody, uh, all the megawatts, the power grids for another great week. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Be safe. All right. If you're lighting off fireworks, do so responsibly. Mm-hmm. If you're hanging out on a body of water or outdoors, wear some sunscreen. And, uh, and we'll all rendezvous on Tuesday. Sound good with you, Arthur Motes? Sounds like a plan. And you know where to find us. As always, it's high noon on your 24-7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio.